Matt, it's time to jump into DeLorean and head back to 1985 to the Georgia Public Broadcasting Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. It's the first ever review episode from us of NWA Power. Power. I'm Waldo. I'm the Matt. We got Dr. Brian with us as always. Doctor? Indeed. We open up with a good intro package to the show. Of note, our Tim Storm, Eli Drake, James Storm, and Nick Aldis. I really like this intro. Firstly, if you'd have told me five years ago that in 2019, we'd have a wrestling show using Dawkin as their theme song, I would have told you you're crazy. But it works, man. And they had this, like, TV show vibe to it where they're giving you the wrestlers that you kind of need to look out for, and it's got the little credits. Really well done. But there's two names of note that we haven't seen in the opening credits yet that we'll actually catch up and touch on later on. And that is the man, Trevor Murdoch. The man. And the question mark. The what? Karate. Karate's a verb? I am so ready for NWA Power Man. After watching episode one, I am I am all for this. I'm a fan. It definitely brought an old school feel, an old school vibe with a modern twist. I won't say it made me feel like a kid again, but it definitely made me feel like an old school wrestling fan again. Now, I'm going to tell you, I was a little skittish when this was announced. Same, same. Because we all know the back history of Billy Corgan and the TNA debacle. Yeah. But right after that, he decided, nope, I'm still going to give it a go. I'm going to buy the National Wrestling Alliance. And he has proved that whatever that debacle was, it was TNA's fault. Oh, absolutely, TNA's fault. He has done a world of good for the NWA here. Yes. Now, I don't like Billy Corgan's music. I, I mean, I listen to it on the, apparently, the new oldie station now. But, <laughs> not trying to give our age out here, but. <laughs> I mean, we did reference Dawkins already, so. I, I like a little bit harder music, a little bit more random music. Not a Smashing Pumpkins fan. However, he has proven that he could separate the two and dedicate full amount of attention to what needs to happen. Yeah, he shows that he is a wrestling fan. You know who wasn't highlighted in the show at all? And I'm kind of jumping the gun here. Billy Corgan. Exactly. Holy shit, you got an owner that's not on TV. And not mentioned every five seconds. But when he is, it's not Billy Corgan. It's William Corgan. Oh, kayfabing the shit out of that. Love it. Our announcers tonight are Joe Galley and Jim Cornette, for now. (laughs) (laughs) It's sad. I love Jim Cornette. I I love him in the show. I love most of what he says. We're going to lose some fans here. We're going to go from five to four, but (laughs) I'm a Jim Cornette fan. I'm not afraid to admit it. I think it should be noted here that Matt and I do like Jim Cornette, the wrestling historian. Yes. Don't agree with everything he says. I could care less about his politics. I could care less about his personal feelings. But the man is a walking encyclopedia of wrestling. Yeah. As far as wrestling goes for the both of us here at Face for Wrestling, we are actually more in tune with Cornette on psychology in the ring, how the matches are supposed to be done. I don't care for most of the silly shit that goes on. We're fans of wrestling the way he sees wrestling should be. Now, we do have a little bit of leniency and give for some stuff, but I will say this, and I think I speak for Matt when I say this as well. Joey Ryan can go straight fuck off. (laughs) 
I would agree that I typically am a lot more lenient towards some of the modern day stuff than you are. But yeah, man, take your dick somewhere else. So we get a quick snippet of Joe and Jim at the table, and we cut directly over to the old Tony Schiavone position with Dave Marquez. The only thing Dave's missing here is Tony's 1980s rape stash. <laughs> yeah, uh, he didn't need a stash. Like, everything about this already looks old school, but weirdly high def at the same time. It looks great. He's interviewing Nick Aldis, and he comes out with Camille. The national treasure, Nick Aldis. How great is that nickname? Oh my God, what a world of difference this guy's made since he's left TNA. Yeah, it looks like a champ. I don't typically say stuff like this. Camille looks amazing. I, she shouldn't. She's the security guard, but she looks great. He looks like a champ. There's just a bit of class to both of them. Kudos, kudos. We're going to sidestep a little bit in this episode talking about where these people came from before and where they are now. When Aldous was Magnus, I believe it was, in TNA, mid-Carter at best, and that wasn't his fault. That was TNA's fucking fault. Yeah. What a wonderful use of Nick Aldous here. And throughout the show, we'll touch on it. He kind of flips from face to heel without making it feel so rushed. Yeah, he's not a face. He's not a heel. He's not a tweener. He's a little bit of all three, and it just works for some reason. But he's also got that aura of flair about him because he's got the suits, he's got the cars, and he's got the 10 pounds of gold with him. Yeah, he does. I think there's even a little bit of a shout out to Ric Flair in his promo where he refers to himself as the real world's champ. He comes out touting the 10 pounds of gold and the fact that he is the real world's champion, all while promoting the NWA. Mm -hmm. He does a great job of putting over the entire organization and himself at the same time. Man, this was masterful. It's all, look at me, I'm great, and because I'm great, and I'm great because the NWA is great. He focuses directly on a school teacher from Dallas area. <laughs> the perfect storm is who he's referencing, Tim Storm, and compares his expensive lifestyle to that of Tim Storm and how all of it's been paid for by professional wrestling, and he demands Storm's respect. It's phenomenal. As he walks off, he does a great job pumping up the crowd there in the studio. Yeah, they have a really great crowd. My first impressions, like this being your lead off for your first show, I, I do have a little criticism here. I don't want to make it look like I'm just totally piling praise all on him. Nick Aldis is what I would consider solid. He's not great. He's not the best ever. He doesn't have that bit of charisma. I feel like he needs that next level of, but he's solid. He's not going to put out a bad promo. It's just not going to be as great as it could be, maybe. Now, I will agree with all of that and say that in this environment in the studio everything's perfect here yeah it works out well like i said it's just a little bit of charisma he's missing and i'm not gonna fault him on that because he's solid if you're not I, i'll take solid over hit or miss any day of the week well now also remember we're recording prior to into the fire pay-per-view yes so right now they're getting them established on tv as the stalwart of nwa but at the same time too we need to remember that into the fire is going to be a little bit of a grander stage let's see if what they've been doing so far rubs off onto nick as he moves forward into a bigger limelight i hope so if i had one thing to complain about this show it was that coming up next we have galley tells us that if storm can't win tonight that he can't challenge for the 10 pounds of gold again i wish aldous had mentioned this because they shoehorn a package later in the show that perfectly explains this it just yeah. seemed kind of out of order i can give you that from there we cut to the ring with the dawson's and they're going to be going up against sal renaro and billy buck ready to start off the first match for the new nwa I have, we have the Dawsons versus third-rate Jerry Lynn and Brian Christopher. <laughs> 
Renaro is in the ring uh, first and is getting manhandled by the Dawsons. Zane goes to pin Renaro, and I hope I'm saying his name right, but he pulls him up at the two count to taunt him straight to booze from the crowd, man. The crowd is on it tonight. Yeah, and let's just call him Sal. Okay, Sal bitch slaps Zane, but then realizes he might have made a mistake. It was at this moment he knew he fucked up. <laughs> and manages to tag in Buck. Buck comes in and gets a hell of a lariat for his troubles. <laughs> yeah, he did. He came in like he was about to set the world on fire and then was immediately smothered. <laughs> Zane tosses Buck into the corner to tag in Dave. Buck turns and punches Dave and he will pay for this dearly. Zane holds up Buck for Dave to come in and do a standing elbow drop. Sal tries to fly off the top rope to surprise Dave, but Dave ain't having none of that shit. No. Sal takes the bump from that and rolls out of the ring. I think it was about this time we got my highlight call of the night where Jim Cornette says, Outside the ring, Billy Buck, I wouldn't give a cripple crab a crutch, much less a nickel for their chances against these two big bruisers. Ah, redneckisms. <laughs> Dave tags in Zane, and they both go after Buck. Zane picks up Buck for what looks to be like a tombstone, but Dave runs into him to sandwich him, and Zane power slams Buck down for the easy three in a minute 44 for a good old-fashioned jobber squash match, complete with booze from the crowd. Yeah, I think they called it the Big Squisher Power Slam, which is a great name. We may see different on this. <laughs> <laughs> Was it not a big squisher? That's like Vince back in the day when he was an announcer. What a maneuver that was by Bob Holly. A scoop and a slam. And speaking of maneuvers. So quick opener to put over the meanness of this team as they head over to Marquez to cut an exit promo. Matt, what'd they say? Such, I have no idea. Why don't you guys tell the world what's in store for you two? You want to know what's in store? You just got a little bit of what we're all about. But it was such a great, awesome, shouty promo, man. Just rah, 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 rah. It's great. I have no idea what you said, but you hyped me up, man. While they're doing their promo, the one not talking is doing a little, just doing little bitty things to taunt the crowd behind the first one. It, it Perfect. Yeah, the crowd's eating it up, man. After that, we cut to our first, air quotes here, commercial. Commercial. <laughs> For Austin Idol's Universal Wrestling College. Austin Idol, teach me. Austin Idol, show me how to do it, man. Austin Idol, coach me. Please, Austin. Please, Austin. I want to be like you. I want to be a professional wrestler. I want to make tons of money like you did. How am I going to do it, Idol? How do I do it, Austin Idol? I got 9,000 square feet here of absolute killer, killer, killer amenities. God bless Austin Idol, man. That guy can still go at it, can he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was so confused by what was going on, but he was not. Yes, I want to make money. Yes, I don't like what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Quit your job, come wrestle. <laughs> sir, sir, my dick can only get so hard. You've already got me sold. <laughs> <laughs> After that, we cut back to Gallus, who introduces Eli Drake. I'm going to tell you what's on my mind right now. You ain't even got to finish that sentence. Because as I look out here, you ain't got to ask anybody on this earth, is Atlanta G-A-N-W-A country? I think they said, yeah. 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 Let me talk to you. Matt, give me a little history on Eli Drake. This is another person who seemed to have found himself since leaving TNA. Uh, he's got the charisma that I felt Aldis was missing earlier. Aldis looks like a champ. Eli talks like a champ. 
you have a little bit of a nod to Stone Cold with those little speech patterns going on, but it's just nice old school wrestling, which is what he wanted and what he deserves. From what I understand, and there's a bit of debate on this, but what he says, she said type thing, he didn't want to wrestle women in male-female matches, not because he didn't respect the women, but just because it doesn't seem believable to him. They wanted him to lose to a woman and put him over. He's like, I'd rather not, and they parted ways. Who is he supposed to fight? See, that's where the debate comes in. People say he was supposed to fight Tessa Blanchard, and that's where he says it's ludicrous, because why wouldn't he want to fight Tessa Blanchard? She's awesome. But he still does also maintain men shouldn't be fighting women. So I don't know how much of it's true and how much of it's just rumor and innuendo. I don't know. Camille looks like she could take him. Camille looks like she could take about everybody but the Dawsons. Drake talks about how hot the NWA is and does great talking directly to the crowd. I mean, he full-on eye contact with them. I can't take away that he doesn't look like a champion because they got him in ring gear already, but he talks. like any, any company should want this guy to have a belt and a mic. You can tell right away, even though if you have never seen anything before this in wrestling, that this man has found his footing in the NWA. Yeah, he looks happy. He looks great. He looks glad to be there. And again, we get another promo where he's putting over himself by putting over the NWA. Yeah, he doesn't have a championship, but puts over all the champions and puts them on notice that he is a contender. Yes. Dude, I hope he can keep this up. I, I'm a fan. I, I'm with you. Dude, I love how he opens up his promos too, man. I got, I got a very Stone Cold vibe from it. Who's, I mean, if you have to steal from somebody, why not steal from one of the best? So, no complaints. He immediately jumps into the ring for his upcoming match with Caleb Connolly. I have no idea who this is, and I don't see him again for a little bit, so we'll just move on. Yeah, I don't really know who he is. He has a very, I don't want to say generic, but he has a very early 2000s AJ Styles inspired look about him. I do have mentioned here that Connolly has a beginner mullet. Yeah, he does. It's like, it's like he's 16 and has been given his mullet permit, but he still has to be with somebody that has a good mullet. <laughs> but it's a bit of a mullet mohawk. He's getting there. Takes practice. He's getting there. It's just when he goes back for his next haircut, it's just like, no, just just make sure the top's good. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm good on everything else. Just take the sides. <laughs> we kick it off and they lock up in the middle. It's apparent that Drake is bigger than Connolly as he picks him up during the lockup. Drake throws him off into the ropes and knocks Connolly on his ass. Drake, being the gentleman, allows Connolly to get collected, but he's, he's getting up. Schoolboy's Drake for a two count. Connolly does some weird jump over leg sweep and converts it into a roll up for a two. I'm just going to say, okay, and move on. <laughs> they get up, and Connolly does a nice standy dropkick to Drake. Yeah. Drake then reverses it into a whip into the ropes and goes to arm drag him into the mat. But Connolly grabs Drake's head midair and hits him with a code breaker into a flip over onto Drake. That was slick. Yeah, I, I got to give props to Connolly. Like you said, I, I don't know who he is. I don't know why I should care about him. But he's found a way to blend the kind of modern style of wrestling with the old school style of wrestling. So it's not, it's not I'm going to do seven flips. It's I'm only going to do a flip when it makes sense to do a flip. You know what I mean? Connolly breaks out the Morris code and telegraphs a monkey flip out of the corner. But Drake shakes him off. He then quickly goes for an elbow while Connolly is down. But Connolly rolls out of the way. Drake gets up into the corner to collect himself and Connolly goes for a splash but Drake ducks out and hits a reverse neck breaker boy that thing looks slick yeah it did Drake starts working on Connolly in the corner and hits another reverse neck breaker but only gets a two count as Drake is getting up it's apparent he's got the crowd behind him as they pop for him just getting up yeah 
And, and kudos to Drake at this point. You know he's the bigger star. We know he's the bigger star. But he's given Connolly a chance to shine as well. Like, you know who's going to win this going into it. But they make you think for a second, maybe not. Drake starts putting the boots to Connolly in the corner. And Connolly gets a little bit of offense going out of there. But Drake hits a drop toe hold to Connolly onto the second rope. So Drake goes out to the apron to hit a knee to Connolly's face. Mm. Mm. And Connolly is rightfully stumbling around a little bit after that. <laughs> yeah, that was a start of me. Drake jumps from the outside apron over the top rope to hit a flying tackle. And he's still working the crowd while he's doing all this. Yeah. Drake goes for something as he picks up Connolly and flips him over and walks back into the corner. I wasn't sure, but Drake goes to rush him, but Connolly gets the shoulder up and Drake just absolutely plays dead. Yeah. Connolly has moved to leaning on the ropes because he's selling, mm-hmm. and Drake runs towards him. Connolly gets a foot up, but Drake catches it. He didn't, however, catch the incoming insecurity that followed that. No, he did not. They trade some punches until Connolly connects with a crossbody kick to Drake to knock him down. And at this point, the crowd is actually starting to warm up to Connolly. Yeah. Connolly goes to flip over Drake, but Connolly gets up on the outside apron and connects with a kick to the head of Drake as Drake ran to knock him off. Drake is down, and Connolly, from the outside apron, jumps over the top rope and does a 360 rolling splash onto Drake. It only gets a two, but the crowd was actually ready for it to be the finish. Yeah, they're they're into Connolly at this point. And they work in the corners for a second until Drake rushes Connolly, and Connolly jumps up into the corner and gets both of his feet up onto Drake's chest and stomps him into the mat. Oh, yeah, just drove him. Just sternum broken, man. Even Cornette was a little squeamish on this one. Yeah, it was about the safest way you could have done this move, and it just looked great. Connolly goes to capitalize with the springboard, but Drake gets his boot up to block it. Amazing um, timing. And then gets up and hits the gravy train for the three and 425. Yeah, it was perfect timing. I said he made he, he made Connolly look great. He turned Connolly into a little bit of a star here, but stayed the star himself. Well-paced match, well put together. Kudos to both men. Yeah, I have here a damn good match, and Eli Drake put the damn good shining on Connolly for this. Yeah, he made him look phenomenal. Yeah, I'm ready to learn more about Connolly now. Yeah, I, I definitely could see him in the in the lower to mid-card belt scene. Drake gave a lot during this match, but I don't think it took anything away from either of them. I think it does great things for both of them moving forward. And the crowd was into Drake from the start and even got behind Connolly because of how over Drake was as the match went on. Yeah. So this is turning out to be a good choice on our part to review, man. I, I agree 100%. I, I see great things for Connolly later on. I, I, like I said, I could definitely see him in the future being the national champion. Maybe if they get a TV title down the road, I, I could definitely see him in that picture as well. Well, you can't have a TV title in the NWA right now, because if you do, you're going to have to go collect that bastard from Arn Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's Connolly's next mission. <laughs> Unless Tosh wins it. I don't see that happening, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Not anytime soon. We cut to a promo that better explains the issues between Storm and Aldis from earlier. Yeah, we got a nice little package. Like I said, they're playing that I'm a face, but I'm doing like a heelish type thing, but I'm doing it for face reasons. Uh, They finally explain why Aldis put this whole stipulation of I'm giving you one shot, but if you lose, you can't do it again. And I'm doing it because I want a lot of fire on you. I want the best out of you possible because that's what it's going to take for you to beat me. And Tim Storm with the answer back of, I do need this, and I can beat you. I know I can beat you. I've done it before. Really well put together package. How awesome is it to see Tim Storm finally get the credit he deserves? 
I, I love it. He's one of the few stars we've met personally. So a little bit of maybe uh, favoritism on our part because he was just such a nice guy when we met him. Didn't have to be. He was playing a bit of a hill at the time we met him and still was just great to the fans. Uh, just a good dude, man. Cut to the back to Gallus and Cornette and some hillbilly runs in calling for James Storm. <sighs> Josephus. Matt, is this you? It's not me. It's not me at all. Fuck you. This What's up with the... his elbow pad, man? <laughs> I, I don't know. The sad thing is I own that elbow pad. <laughs> Josephus comes out and he walks over to Jawjack with the crowd while they cut to a commercial hype in the NWA. But it's great. He's just calling Storm out over and over and over again. Storm, I want Storm. <laughs> so Jim Cornette, Jim Cornette answers with, are you a weatherman? <laughs> So they cut back from the commercial, and you got Josephus walking around in the back with that mic, right? Yeah. The mic's dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they finally turn it on, and he's still screaming into this damn thing, and they're like, no, no, cut that shit. <laughs> storm, storm, I want storm. Finally, James Storms comes out with the national championship belt. Such a good-looking belt. Storm and Josephus talk trash to each other. Now, I'm not a fan of, of the James Mother effing Storm thing on TV. I, I know we curse here, but it's just like you'll see in Stardom later on. I'm just not a fan of on public TV using curse words like that. And, and it doesn't seem to fit the product that they have going out. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I'm okay with using explicitives and obscene stuff if it fits. Like Austin, the double birds, they fit. Yeah. But if you got everybody coming out flipping the birds and just cursing on TV, there's going to be a lot of people tuning out because they just don't want to hear it all the time. Yeah. James Storm calls Josephus a joke, and they start going at it. Yeah, they do. I, I like this promo from James Storm as well. A little bit of a dig at another company, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask, what would you think about the guy that ate James Storm? <sighs> He's the old guy that ate James Storm. Like, when did he get this old? When did he get uh, this fat? <laughs> yeah, but I, I like the dig. Even Jim Cornette popped in on a little bit there. Just a good good promo, good little brawl, with Josephus not really wanting any of it, so playing a great chicken shed hill. They cut to a quick promo to kind of get away from that and to set everything up. It goes over the 10 Pound of Gold series DVD set, and the only bad thing I got for this, and you and I probably have the exact same notes on this, it sucks that Cody's on the cover. I get I it, but it's either helping AEW or trying to ride their coattails. And I think with as strong as this show was and moving forward with the strength of it, I don't think they need that. I agree. I, I really like the fact that they're doing a deal of the week. You could have gotten the NWA 10 pounds of gold three to set for 19.99 instead of 34.95. But yeah, I agree that having Cody on the cover, I get that that's kind of helped them get back into prominence a little bit, but maybe just put those matches on there and not use his face to sell it. I am happy that Cody and the Young Bucks and all those guys didn't ride over the NWA like they did Ring of Honor. Yeah. However, Ring of Honor deserved it, and we'll get into that later. We will. Oh, by the way, do you know what this deal of the week is as we're currently recording right now? What is the deal of the week for this week that we're recording? A lapel pin for God Mama damn. Storm. Oh, wait, for Mama Storm? I'm not going to hate on that, but I want the NWA lapel they, pin. They have that on their site right now. Is it not? It's not the deal of the week, though. No, but we'll, we'll get there. But God bless Mama Storm. We'll get to that in a minute. Yep. Cut back to the ring with Danny White and Mims already there for their match against the Wild Cards in a non-title tag team championship match. A little confused by this. Again, showing that the MF didn't really fit the product. Satanic kilts, also a little weird for the product. <laughs> But these guys are heels, so that makes more it. sense. It does, 
just a little weird to see some Satanists wrestling a black guy. Right now, James Storm is kind of playing the tweener, as you described it earlier. Yeah. So it's a little, eh. Yeah. It was a little worse when one of them took off their satanic kilt and had frilly trunks on. I was just a little confused. That was a little funny. A little confused. <laughs> the wild cards come out and they show off their belts and taunt the crowd before we start. Perfect hill heat. The wild cards are Thomas Latimer, the one trying to rival Tan Ref here, mm-hmm. and Royce Isaacs, the pale horseman of the Alpacalypse. <laughs> the Alpacalypse? Isaac starts treating White like he owes him money. Yeah, he did. Some beaten and over-the-shoulder arm drag right before he tags in Latimer for some just straight-up havoc. <laughs> yeah, and there's an awesome thing going on because like, I, I have no idea who the wild cards are at this point, but we get a little bit of background information on them from the announcers who are doing great announcing work by letting us know who these guys are on the first episode. So yeah, we find out that previous to the show starting, there was a tag team tournament and these two guys were just thrown together and called in the wild card spot for that tyrant tournament. That's how they got their names. They meshed, they decided to stick together, and now we have champions. And we get another great line from Jim Cornette here because of this story. From nothing to something to everything is the tag team champions. Just really well done. Right before Latimer gets tagged in, you could see Mims in the opposite corner. That dude looks like he is really regretting his life decisions. Yeah, he is. While White is scooting back to tag in Mims, the crowd is booing the wild cards. I mean, good. Yes. Yep, you should be. The wild cards start the soul-beating train on Mims. I, I didn't hear that joke. I refused. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> And end it with a nice-looking spear. It's just Isaac and Mims in the ring for a minute until Isaac's Irish whips Mims into the corner to taunt White into tagging in. White takes the bait, and the ropes get jerked to flip him in. I do have another another negative for the show here. What's that? Jobber or not, why is this dude out there in a Nike shirt? <laughs> Put some merch on him. Sell something. Something. Don't be selling other people's product for them. Isaac tosses White into Latimer for a pop-up powerbomb picks him up, and tosses him back into Isaacs to hit the hush money, and that's the three in 207. Is that what it was called, the hush money? I did miss that. There's Sometimes you can't hear the announcers over the crowd. It's called the hush money? I'm partly deaf, so I use closed caption. Sweet. So yeah, the hush money is a pop-up powerbomb followed by a German suplex. Another quick and to-the-point squash match that was very well done by the Wild Cards and their Carpenter opponents. I think for this episode and the next few, uh, we'll see matches like this as the NWA is back on TV and has to establish their talent in such a way that a pay-per-view can't. Again, the crowd's into it. I was into it. You don't have to have a five-star match with every match. Sometimes you just have to tell a story and introduce us to who the people are. Why should we care about them? Up to this point in the show, we've seen some definitive booking to achieve that, too. So mm-hmm. whoever's booking, good job. One quick note on that as well. You already know with some of these other organizations like the Fed and uh, AEW who's booking because they tell you on TV. Yeah. I'm sure that I can find out who's booking the NWA, but if sure. it's not that obvious to me right now, I love it. I don't want they're to know put, who it is. They're not putting their business out there. So uh, back in the ring, the wild cards chunk their opponents out as they call for their belts. We catch up with them at the interview stage with Marquez. Matt, what'd they say? Basically saying how they are the best and that they are there to beat up anybody and everybody before being interrupted by one Eddie Kingston. I did like when uh, Eddie Kingston goes up to Marquez and gives a little sarcastic head nod. I forgot what he was saying, but it was something like, good to see you. Oh, yeah, it's great to be here with you, Marquez. I think he called him by his TNA name. I think he was like, hey, Bram. I mean, uh, Marquez. 
I was a little iffy on that because, again, I'm with you, don't rep other stuff. But it was kind of interesting to see as well. While that segment was going on, we apparently get our impromptu match of Josephus and James Storm. Before that, uh, Eddie Kingston taunts him a bit and sets it up like it's going to be a two-on-one before being joined by his partner in, I'm assuming they're called the Outlaws from the way it was set up, Homicide. And they are then interrupted by a returning brawl from James Storm and Josephus. The continuing feud through the show that everybody wanted. (laughs) Yeah. What it, what's the saying? It's the feud we deserve, not the one we wanted. <laughs> They're brawling a little bit, and then we cut to another commercial. Uh, this commercial was a bunch of fan interviews excited about the NWA, and I was excited to see that because it makes you feel like you're there with them, and you're excited with them as well, too, for the NWA. Yeah, they chose the right fans for this promo package. It really bled over well, and like you said, it, it puts you like you're there. And at the very end of it, they have, it's still real to me, damn it, guy. Oh, it was great. God bless that guy. Yeah, he's turned what would have been an embarrassing moment to others into a career. No, screw that. I'll say it right now, that if I had been at that venue that he originally did that at, I'd have been right there with him saying the same thing. No, I feel you. I'm just saying the a lot of people, the crying would have probably ruined their lives. But he's turned it into, like, I think he's got his own podcast where he reviews. He's showing up here at NWA. He's, he's turned a mountain out of molehill. Oh, yeah, and I'm happy for him, too, because due to stuff like this, in an interview with Billy Corgan, he actually referenced this guy mm-hmm. as being one of the influences of him wanting to go after the NWA. Nice. So, hey, the guy did us a favor. Yeah, he did. Kudos to this man. So we go back to Josephus in the ring, but he's, like, doing that whole fake being held back thing. Mm-hmm. Like, hold me back, hold me back, hold me back, and he's constantly grabbing arms to hold him back. <laughs> yeah, he's he's great chicken shit. When he breaks free, Josephus runs all over the place like a little chicken shit heel, even yeah, knocking just, over the announcers. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And Jim Cornette, kudos to him for playing that up, throwing his own chair and like looking like he was terrified that he was going to get run over. Good work by all. Storm finally gets a hold of Josephus, and the crowd erupts as they go into the stands. Josephus tosses James Storm into the ring and starts to rethink his actions. <laughs> they did. <laughs> Josephus is on the outside telling him to turn around. Now, this is to James Storm. You know, turn around, stand in the corner and all that stuff, you know, while I get in the ring because I don't want you WCW and me. It was great. Great chicken shit hill. This dude was born to play this role. So the bell finally hits and it starts, okay? Mm-hmm. James Storms turns around, and as Josephus is trying to sneak up on him, he gets hit with a super kick and a three count, six seconds. That's it. <laughs> hits him with the last call. James Storm does some afters and lays him d- down like a little baby with the thumb in the mouth and everything, and the crowd is just eating this up. Loved it. We get a second last call, catches him before he hits the ground, sticks his thumbs in his mouth, and lays him down like a little baby. Fat little baby. James Storm leaves the ring and heads to the announcers to let them know that he's there for a fight and then poses with the crowd, and we cut away to another promo package. This promo package is highlighting Tim Storm in his run as the NWA champion from his sixth grade classroom. Yeah, it's cut from a previous to NWA power. There used to be a web series called the NWA 10 pounds of gold, where it kept you up to date what was with what was happening in the NWA at the time. Um, and this is cut from one of the Tim Storm packages they did while he was champion at the time. Beautifully done. Uh, you get him in the classroom. You get a feel for who he is as a person, why the NWA belt is so important to him. And then it cuts into Nick Aldis winning it, and 
while they both respect each other, why Tim Storm needs to get this belt back. Probably one of the best babyface promos I've seen in a while. It could use a little bit tightening up on the production side, but it was so well done, and the story they're telling overshadows those minor deficiencies a hundred times over. There's only one thing bad about this promo I wish they could take away. And that is? They showed the highlights of where Aldous won the belt from Tim Storm, and it was at a fucking CZW show. Jesus! Fuck you, CZW. Hopefully, that's what Billy Corgan saw to convince him to buy that promotion and stop that horseshit from happening again. Yeah, I think that was actually post-Billy Corgan, and they were just using whatever they could get at the time. But I'm, that's one of the reasons I'm glad they have a show, because they don't have to rely on companies like that anymore. I do wish they had held off on this storyline until they had an actual TV show. But on the flip side of the coin, it's perfect main event for your first show. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, I actually had the same thought when it was happening. I, I wish that the, the first match was happening now, but the build-up for this being the main event for the first show is also so perfect that I wouldn't want to change it. Gallus is ringside as the perfect storm comes out for his match. The, I only got one note about this uh, promo that he did before the match started, and then I'll let you have it. Mm-hmm. Mama Storm. Mama Storm. I don't think I've ever heard a crowd chanting mama before. <laughs> At least not in a wrestling arena. <laughs> yeah. This kind of goes back to what I was talking about in the promo package. Tim Storm is not the world's greatest promo. He was he, a little bit nervous when he was on there, but he, he found his footing. He, he had some flubs. You could tell he's not 100% comfortable, but it comes across as so real what he's saying that you don't care. He's an everyman. That would be you if you were out there. You wouldn't. 100% be able to say what you wanted to say, but you get that emotion across. I'm not doing this just for me. I'm doing it for my mama who cares more about whether or not I'm injured, if I'm whether or not I win or lose. I'm doing this because I used to watch wrestling and another Georgia shout out here. I used to watch NWA every Saturday morning. He also did what I think another highlight of my night. He quoted a great philosopher, Eminem. Okay, I must have skipped the, I must have missed this. <laughs> He said, I'm going to create, I'm going to quote a great philosopher here. I've only got one shot. I can't miss my opportunity to blow. That's an Eminem song. I'm not going to hear that. <laughs> hearing a 53-year-old man quote Eminem that you know is a school teacher, if I hated everything else about this show, that alone would have made me love the show. Is Tim Storm not the ultimate babyface for this uh, promotion right now? Like I said, 100%, man. And like I said, we've met him. He's a great guy. It could not happen to a better person. Oh, I'm so happy for him. This guy's been wrestling for, what, 20-plus years? At least. Uh, he's been all over the U.S., primarily in the South. And was planning on giving it up until he just he kept going. He decided to stick with it after all. And just by a stroke of luck, they said, hey— there's chance that the NWA may be, you know, kind of getting its footing back. Would you like to be our champion going into the big series? And you couldn't find anybody more deserving. No, I said a hundred percent couldn't happen to a better dude. And could you not find anybody else that looks more like a dad than him? Granddad. That was one part of the package I had to laugh at. He's a teacher. He's a husband. He's a grandfather. Is he, I mean, is he not a father as well? <laughs> but when he does his events and he, uh, they showed some of the packages of him yeah. being in a suit with the 10 pounds of gold, does he not look like you would want him to be your dad if you were a wrestler growing up? Oh, hell yeah, man. <laughs> I, I'm not a wrestler growing up, and I want him to be my dad. No offense to my dad. Or at least I want him to, I want him to be my teacher. I'll re-enroll in high school. 
Oh, I don't know about that. That's a dangerous outcome. We were some pretty good jackasses in high school. That's cool. That means I get held back and I get him for a second year. Uh, he might put us down in lock. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have the uh, the the movie ready to rumble. Crown me, crown me. That's a big dude too. We, like like you said, we met him in person. He is a big motherfucker. Yeah, he's he is not small. And he teaches junior high. Fuck that. <laughs> oh, is it junior high? Yeah, no. Most well-behaved classroom in the world. You flip a table. I crash through these all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to the ring, and Aldis is wiping his feet to enter the ring to present the NWA 10 Pounds of Gold World Heavyweight Championship to the ref, Brian Hebner. And he shows it off traditionally, you know, to the four sides, and then he does his checks. Mm-hmm. We're off for the first NWA Power main event. Well, I did have another note. Another, There's another downside note here. They do need a better ring announcer. The, the ring announcer did not live up to the hype they were building with this match. This is Tim Storm. This oh, you talk about Marquez from the side bench over there. Yeah, they need a they need a better ring announcer, uh, especially for their big matches. I don't know if you notice this, but if you look during the matches, they kind of cut to the back, or they do an angle where you can see Marquez standing back there. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's been turned off. <laughs> like somebody this, this flipped man, a switch. Yeah, somebody flipped a switch, and he's like saving power. This man's a robot. <laughs> but then when the camera's back on at full time. Brrr, <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's a really good interviewer. I just, I wish he was a little bit better of a ring announcer. Yeah, same here. He looks like he's really enjoying his time as an interviewer, too. Yeah, I, he's, he does a really good job on that. A little bit of circling around the ring as we lock up. Storm pushes off Aldis easily from the corner. Yeah, he's definitely the bigger man in this. Aldis chops Storm in the corner, and instantaneously we get a reply from Storm. And it looked and sounded stiff as shit. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's definitely playing into this whole Aldis has lit a fire under him. Even though you're hitting him hard, it plays into the story you're trying to tell here. The desperation is his last attempt at the belt. It, it just works. And speaking of stiff, we get some stiff-ass punches from Aldis to Storm in the corner. But Storm reverses it and starts giving him the business until Hebner comes in and breaks it up. Damn it, that is the one thing in this show that really just aggravated the shit out of me. Don't go in there, ref, and physically break that shit up. You count that motherfucker to five, and that's it. I, I agree with you on that. Especially when, like I said, the whole thing is Tim Storm's this big old beast of a man. How is the ref even going to be able to pull him off? Especially Hebner. Yeah. Aldis tries resting into the corner, but Storm comes over to boot him in the gut. Storm tosses him across the ring and knocks Aldis down with a solid shoulder tackle. Storm seems to be on the offense here as Aldis drops to the outside to catch his breath. Storm dumps outside and goes after Aldis. Aldis gets an Irish whip reversal into the ring post on Storm. Hebner, somehow complaining from inside the ring, is like, hey, get it back in. This dude must be lazy as shit. There was a nice moment there. Kudos to Camille. You could tell that Storm maybe didn't exit the ring where he was supposed to, and he ended up coming out of the ring next to Camille. I didn't miss a beat. She just starts jawjacking him a little, not jawjacking because she plays silent, but she starts eyeballing him down and like great ring awareness on her part to not just let him walk past her and not react at all. After almost a minute of brawling on the outside, Aldis rolls Storm back into the ring. Good power slam from Aldis followed up by an elbow drop in the middle of the ring. Aldis stops Storm's offense with a double arm chop into Storm as he comes off the ropes. We go to a headlock for a little bit to change the pace up just ever so slightly. But mm-hmm. the crowd seems to be into it because they just had a lot happen. Yeah, you just calm it down a little bit. 
Storm powers up and starts to run the ropes, but Aldous is ready with locking in a sleeper. Storm rolls it through to knock Aldous into the turnbuckle. A quick bit of running wild from Storm as he goes after Aldous, and Aldous tries to apply what looks like a figure four, but Storm pulls him in for a roll-up that only gets a two. See, was he going for the figure four there, or was he actually going for the cloverleaf? The cloverleaf is, he's got to be turned over. The reason I'm saying it's a figure four, because here in a second, Storm gets one in. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Storm knocks Aldous down, and he gets in his own figure four, while Aldous is selling magnificently. Well done on both of them on the selling part. Aldous starts to try and roll the figure four over, but makes it to the ropes to break the hold. Aldous shoulder blocks Storm into the corner and goes up top. Storm gets in a head punch and hits a superplex off the top, but only gets a two. Damn it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and the crowd was into it. Storm is up first, but trying to figure out what to do next as he goes up top and hits a messy crossbody on Aldous. But it's not his usual offense, so that's okay. Yeah, and it's covered really well by the announcers who basically say exactly what you're saying. He's not comfortable up there. He didn't get all of the crossbody. If he knew what he was doing, he would have jumped off and hit more. Like, the announcers played up this little moment super well. I could tell you this, like, when we've seen Storm in person at, at some of his events, we've never seen him go up top like that. No, I don't I know why I decided to now. I guess it's that whole desperation of I got to win. I could tell you that if we had, we would have been the first ones at ringside going, careful now. <laughs> <laughs> don't break your hip, man. <laughs> that's that's not right. <laughs> Crowd starts chanting perfect storm. That is awesome. They're also chanting mama storm, which is I, great considering it was just dropped in a promo five minutes beforehand. And then if you thought we were confused with storm going up top originally, Storm goes up top again for a swanton? What the shit is he doing? (laughs) Actually, this was actually pretty great because he planned to go up top and then was like, no, that didn't go so well. Comes back inside and only goes to the second rope this time. But yeah, why are you doing a swanton, man? I could just imagine what's going through his head as he's going up top right there. I'm going on an adventure. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's going to happen next. Storm misses Aldous as he rolls out at the last second, and Aldous is up and hits an elbow drop to Storm's back. Aldous spins a bit trying to get the Kinsley's, Kinley's, how do you pronounce that? Kinsley. Sure. Kinsley's cloverleaf in, and finally does. Another negative here. It's a Texas cloverleaf, man. Texas. Exactly. God bless the Republic. Stats ain't math. (laughs) Storm is struggling to get out or find the ropes, and all this is showing that it's hard to hold in this move because of how big his legs are, and the crowd is just absolutely losing their shit over this. Yeah, they're behind this match 100%. Oh my god, Storm starts doing push-ups to get out of this bastard and crawl over to the ropes. Fuck that! I don't want to fight this man. (laughs) He's 50 years old and he'd break me in half. But he finally makes it to the ropes, and Aldous lets go, and the crowd is ready for more. Yep. Both men are up, and Aldous tries to slam Storm, but Storm rolls it through and pushes Aldous into Hebner. Oh, no! No! Now, see, at this point, you could tell this Hebner may be adopted, because if this had been Earl, he'd have been dead. (laughs) (laughs) I had that note. He actually played it right as a ref and just kind of hid in the corner instead of laying on the ground feigning death. Storm then shuffles over to do the Ric Flair forearm pop to the nuts in Aldous, and I get it. He's a face, but he's desperate. He's He's got to yeah. do everything. Another great call by the announcers here playing that up as well. Like, he wouldn't normally do this, but he's got to do what he's got to do to win that belt. And the best part of it was is that it actually drew some booze from the crowd. Yeah, they hated him for it. And you could tell he kind of hated himself for it. 
I mean, this, oh, my. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Storm hits the perfect storm on Aldous, but he kicks out, and Storm is shocked. Yeah, the crowd was shocked. I don't normally like people kicking out of people's finishers, but it worked here. Yeah, I'll give you a pass on this one. Yeah. This is the exception to the rule. Storm is headed back up top as Aldous is slowly getting up. Aldous stops him and starts to go up with him, but Storm just straight up headbutts him. Oh, <laughs> God. That big old forehead. <laughs> and Aldous just falls like a rock outside the ring. He died. Camille stalks around Storm, but Hebner's watching her like a hawk. And I don't know if he's trying to, like, make sure she doesn't interfere. He's just being creepy. Well, it's just, that was, again, another good call by the announcers. I think they said the exact same thing as you. They're like, keep an eye on her. Oh, look, the ref's keeping an eye on her. No one can trust her. Like, they're selling her even though she's done nothing in the match at this point. Kudos. Aldis goes to sneak up on Storm, but Storm turns and ducks, and he accidentally clotheslines Camille for the biggest pop of the night. And it was such a good clothesline. Like, oh, he God. squared off, hit her in the chest, man. And she took it and dropped like a sack of fucking potatoes. Aldous into the turnbuckle, and both of them go back inside. Storm goes for the perfect storm again, but Aldous rolls it through for a schoolboy and gets the motherfucking three at 11.26. And everybody's shocked, but still not upset. I got here a mixed reaction from the crowd, but they were happy to get this match, and I was happy for them because I, I, I was say, happy to get this match. <laughs> yeah, as I said, they wanted to be sad that Tim Storm lost and will never get another chance, but you have to be happy with the match you just saw. We get a couple of replays, and the announcers go over the importance of this match. Aldous looks like he just got mugged. Yeah. The crowd gives an outstanding round of applause to both men for an outstanding match, and it was very well deserved. Yeah, and kudos again here. Typically, you always want the champion in the ring with the belt after the match. But Aldis was nice and rolled out of the ring and gave Storm the ring, and it was the right call. And then does the the interview over to the side. The only bad thing that I can take away from this at this current point in the show is, is that you know I'm not a big fan of promotional name chants. I, I, I do. I knew this was going to come up. I just think that with the gravitas of what's in front of you right now, that chanting NWA is not right. It just doesn't I, seem there. I would normally agree with what you're saying to an extent, but I, I honestly feel like in this instance, this was an example of thank you NWA for giving us wrestling back. You know what I mean? Oh, I get that too. I completely and, understand that. And I think both of these men did a good enough job selling the NWA even over themselves at the beginning of the night to where I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? I'd have been They've, more okay with it if it had closed the show instead of been at this point right here. Fair enough. Because you got the two stalwarts of your new promotion that's being highlighted right here, and you can't do nothing but chant the promotion name. I, I like I said, I get where you're coming from, but I said I think it was kind of deserved with the way they built up, with the way each of these wrestlers built up the promotion over themselves. And again, I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying that like right here, it's just it could have timed it better. I got you. Aldis makes his way over to Gallus outside the ring, and they talk about the match. Aldis puts over, in a wonderful way, Tim Storm. Yeah, he did. As we cut the shots of Storm inside the ring, realizing what just happened. Yeah. Gallus is trying to ask Camille to speak and answer some questions, but she and Aldis aren't having it, as Aldis swaps back to heel instantly on a dime. I, it was well done. I, I This was also a little quick for me. They're moving on from the Tim Storm thing a little too quick for me, but it was handled well. Let me not break your heart here, and I don't want to spoil anything for you, but I think you'll be okay in the coming weeks. 
No, I got you. I'm just saying that the interview should have been more about what they were building up there. The I, I respect Tim Storm. I, I like him. I maybe would have saved this angle for next week. As they leave, we get more shots of Storm in the ring, and that's it. That closes the show. Hour-long show. It's actually being broadcasted in Georgia on the public broadcast channel over there, and it's being relayed on YouTube on their NWA channel. I would recommend to everybody that listens to this, hey, go, go subscribe to their YouTube channel. Just like our yeah. podcast, it's free. Listen to us talk about it and then go watch it or vice versa. So the NWA doesn't have any theme music, right? Because they're getting straight to the point with interviews and going to the ring. And I love this. This is another 1980s thing for me. Yeah, I, I like it. I think we've got so used to the spectacle with other companies that it threw me off a little bit at first. But by match two, I'm like, yeah, cool. We're getting right to the action. I'm fine with this. The pacing of this show was great as well. It's not too long for being one hour, and it's not filled or overdone with promos that should have been cut from the show. Now, on a side note, there's, I want to say, four to six episodes done put in a can ahead of time, and they come back mm -hmm. like every couple of months. But, you know, whoever, I think Dave Lagana is the one that's doing all, all the editing, and we wouldn't have known that had it not been for an incident that happened recently. Yeah. Aside from all that, the refs, 99.9% .9 of the time, thanks, Hebner, are enforcing the rules, and the wrestlers have a great respect for the crowd in attendance, and they aren't yeah. insulting their intelligence either. Yeah. It does have that old 1985 setup with the international flags, but with a clearer picture and a hotter audience. This show was just under an hour with four and a half matches, four and a quarter, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Take a guess at how much actual bell-to-bell -bell time we actually had during the show. Uh, let's see. I think I remember the show being 58 minutes long. I'd say easily at least 35 minutes at least. Well, I have a shocker for you, sir. 19 minutes and 48 seconds. That's it? That's it. Bell-to-bell -bell action. Wow. Yeah, that's super surprising. The way the show was paced, it felt like we actually got a whole lot more than that. And that is kudos to production. Yeah. Uh, as a bonus, we only had a minute... 30 outside of the ring during a match giving us a grand total of 7.5% match time spent outside brawling. Now, I won't be doing this for every episode unless it becomes obvious, right? Mm -hmm. For example, if we were to review the first uh, AEW Dynamite episode, oh, hell yeah, I'd be out there with a damn abacus trying to calculate this. Because mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it'd be like 7.5% in the ring. <laughs> well, you're, So you're not counting the brawl, right? That was the brawl. No, 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 I'm talking about in, in for NWA. You're not counting the actual just James Storm, Josephus brawl around the arena, right? Bell to bell. You're okay. Yeah, you're just talking about. See, that's that's an amazing. That's pretty short. I have to give them another a shot here. I I assumed Camille would actually get involved in the ending of the final match, and she didn't. Not in a way that affected the end of the match. Props on them. You could have a manager or valet or insurance policy, whatever you want to call her, out there, and they don't have to cost anybody anything. You know what I mean? Exactly. Your valet is there for an enhancement on the main talent that's in the ring. Right. Now, how you go about that depends on what your talent needs that's in the ring. Yep. Do you need somebody to talk? Well, with all this, no. Do you need somebody to kind of add that heel presence of having like an enforcer type character? Yes. And that's what she's there for. There are many ways to utilize a valet. We, we've gotten so used to managers being so tied up in the main storyline that we've been kind of spoilt with that shit and not shown how to do it for real that enhances the talent. 
We keep using the word throwback because, I mean, that's what it is. And it's throwing back to when we enjoyed wrestling. I won't say necessarily better time in wrestling, but when we enjoyed wrestling. And I spent all day doing notes for both stardom episodes that we're doing and the NWA Power. Mm -hmm. And this has been the first day in as long as I can remember since I've been over here that I've spent all day watching wrestling. And I had a fucking blast. I said we did three hours of wrestling watching this week, which doesn't seem like a lot when you consider that Raw is three hours in and of itself. But none of it was a struggle, and I was ready to go to the next episode on both accounts. I've got one more thing for the math thing. Ready? Mm -hmm. For this episode and the previous stardom episode we did and the one that we have in the can that's coming. Mm -hmm. So three three episodes all together. How much bell-to-bell time did we have? Bell-to-bell? Um, let's see, you just told me this one was only 19 minutes. I think the first one was around 30, so then throwing another 30. Uh, one hour, 20 minutes. Three hours, three minutes, and 41 seconds. Wow. I, I say that in a good way. Like, if you can watch it and it did not feel like an eternity, that's a positive. Of actual bell-to-bell time that we had, we only had three minutes and 44 seconds of outside brawling during the match time. Phenomenal. Which brings us to a grand total of a mean average of 2.1% of bullshit. Nice. And like I said, I won't be doing this every episode, right? Right. But if it becomes obvious, like if mm-hmm. I'm halfway through a match, I'm like, eh, y'all been out there for a minute. Yeah, I'll start calculating it. Yeah. Again, I don't really care for Smashing Pumpkins. Not my cup of tea. Yeah, I'd agree. And I was skeptical at best when I heard Billy Corgan was getting in the business with TNA originally. And I was really skeptical after that whole debacle when he bought the NWA. But I got to be honest, man, it appears he's found his call in here. I agree 100%. Is that my only, and this is not a downside, this just goes back to what I was kind of talking about on the uh, stardom side last episode. Stardom, I think, for me, has the best in-ring ability at the moment. Talent-wise, they are the best. NWA is not. Some of the wrestling is a little hokey. It's a little cheesy. Well, you can sum it up by saying that it's old-school Southern wrestling. Right, but I feel like it's really covered up well with their storytelling ability, with their production value. And like I said, I think if you found a way to blend their production and storytelling with stardom's athleticism, I, I, I wouldn't watch another program. That's all I would watch. We're not saying this to say that we're never going to come back to NXT. We still got notes in an episode recorded in the can for episode six. Yeah. But after some of the other stuff that's been going on, because we do watch current stuff. Yeah, we keep up. It's just we kind of got a little burnt, especially with not NXT, but some other stuff. Yeah. And we had to take a break. And I think we I, I'm 100 percent happy with the decision we've made, because like I said this three hours of wrestling, it didn't feel like three hours. It wasn't a chore. Everything was great. Well, that's it for me, Waldo. And I'm the Matt. And as always, we appreciate Dr. Brian joining us and giving us insightful knowledge on what's going on here. Doctor, join us again for our next NWA Power Review in our video podcast of stardom as we go into the wonderful world of waffles and tire irons. Waffles and tires. Oh, and Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah. Merry Christmas to everybody out there that's listening. Because uh, this show should drop Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Fingers Cons- crossed. <laughs> consider us your present as long as we do our job. <laughs> we also, next episode, get one of the promo packages for the greatest wrestler of all time. Karate. Karate. I still don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> You can find all of our episodes on YouTube with our startup episodes being in video format. Again, by default, 
the number two wrestling video podcast. Number two. As well as on SoundCloud and iTunes under our Face for Wrestling channel. You can find us on the Twitter at Face, the number four wrestling, and on our Facebook group whenever Matt finally gets that set up. Still. It will be up. I'm going to set it up before the second. I will somehow come in here and edit the fact that we got it. Just dub it. <laughs> <laughs> you can join us on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash face the number four wrestling. 